0: Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, and on this episode of the TownCast, we had the opportunity of talking to former Major League Baseball player Brandon Puffer, who spent several years in the majors and the minors, and just wrote a book called From the Bullpen to the State Pen. And he shares his story of how his, he went from being a Major League Baseball player to ended up serving time several years in a state penitentiary, and a story of redemption. It's, a, it's an amazing story. All right, enjoy the episode, everybody we mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about this episode because we had the opportunity of of meeting up with with a a former Major League Baseball player. He just released a book. Uh, It's called From the Bullpen to the State Pen. And when you see a a title like that, you got to get a hold of this guy. You got to find out this guy's story, especially as a a baseball fan, as a Yankee fan. Uh, So I want to welcome Brandon Puffer. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely Fabio thanks for having me I look forward to it.
0: I, I was riveted by your story, you know, the, there are a lot of stories like this. Um, but what I love about it is that you 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 took your story and and you you learned the lessons you have to learn which which we're going to get into. Uh, and now you're out there and you're coach puff positive and you're out there you're you're a motivational speaker, you're an inspiration. And, and we want to get, get you in front of as many people as we can. Uh, so really appreciate you not only putting out that book, but then standing behind it and really doing what you can for, for people across the country.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Flavio. And that was kind of a, a deal I made with God in my darkest time. My, my rock bottom that I'm, I know we're going to get to is just like, hey, if I get called, if you can use this story to encourage anybody and it's not in vain, then I'm going to be wide open. I'm going to be a vessel for that. And so um, it's come to fruition. He's he's kind of changed my path and uh, with some work on my end, some great support from family. And now he's using what, you know, the enemy meant for evil for good. And so I'm just I'm happy to do it. If we can encourage one person today, it'd be well worth it for me. Amen to that.
0: And I know you had a lot of people praying behind you, including your mother, Liz. Oh,
1: my goodness. You're gonna make me cry this early? <laughs> yeah, as we talked about off camera, my my mom Liz is just—I mean, she really is an angel. I call her a mother Mother Teresa present day, and she um, she has been so supportive and. And just so um, an example of that um, that love, that unconditional love uh, that a son really needs. And so as we alluded to, I mean, she's a, a, a ordained pastor at Salaback Church for Rick Warren in California, or he just retired. So now the new pastors. And so not only is she that way to our family, but she's encouraging people and standing by people and praying for people all day, every day. I mean, it's just an amazing life of sacrifice. So love her so much. Uh, and it's it's there's nothing like having that kind of
0: support yes. from the family going through the tough times. So so let's go back. I know you grew up in Mission Viejo, right? I did, yes, sir. And I did a little investigating, and I mean there were a lot of athletes. Like you know, it's it's not a big test. Ninety-three thousand people, a little under ninety-three thousand, but you had a lot of athletes coming out of that that area. What is it about Mission Viejo when you were growing up? What was it that inspired you to get into this?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, originally, it was my father, you know, he was an athlete, and he started kind of coaching my brother and I have one one younger brother. And he started coaching us pretty young. In fact, the first team he coached at our youth, uh, North Michigan Little League, um, I was too young to play on, but he wanted to coach and get involved. So I kind of, he snuck me in there a little bit. And I got to play up as a youngster and and held my own a little bit. And I just kind of forged that love and that passion there. And then just, um, all in all, I mean, we did everything. We did football and basketball and soccer and all the things you do when you're young and just having dad being a part of that and coaching it. And then, you know, uh, for my brother and I to have a little bit of athletic ability obviously helps when you're when you're good at something, you, you kind of tend to gravitate towards it. And so we did. And, and um, yeah, baseball became, I mean, I can think of so many fond memories at the lake fields, they call it. My dad as a retired man now, now works across the street at the lake at the front and we just we go full circle and we look at these things and we're like, that's amazing. We would play all day at the fields, go have a team party at the lake across the street. And just, I mean, look, we, I tell kids I coach all the time. Now it's like, yeah, we did some good stuff on the field. We won some games, whatever the case, we probably hit some home runs and stuff. But I remember the camaraderie. I remember just being around the families and growing friendships. And then they carried over to school. And so, yeah, I guess. And in terms of why there's so many athletes out of there, I mean, there's beautiful weather year round. So you can always be, practicing if you want to and and um yeah it's just it continues to produce a lot of good athletes whether it be you know quarterbacks that we talked about in football the matt liners carson palmers mark sanchez i mean i think the list goes on but um there's quite a few baseball players too so it's really fun to continue to like pop on a game and go wow that guy he's from the same area like i'm way older he doesn't know me but it's really cool to support those guys
0: yeah it'd be great to have a little big reunion a mission viejo athletic reunion get everybody back in town I can't
1: imagine. Yeah, there's, there's a lot, a lot of good athletes that came out of there. It's really neat. So when, when did
0: it hit you that, hey, I might want to do this for a living? I mean, it comes, because, you know, a lot of kids play and kids are did, you know, what, what was when, when did that switch flip for you and say, yeah. I want to keep going, I want to do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, as early as I can remember, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I just knew I didn't know what. I mean, I just want to be a professional athlete, right? Like a lot of young boys. And so, um, I think right around 12 years old, I had kind of that early growth spurt. I grew pretty fast, and things took off for me a little bit in, in baseball. But then, even even so, my freshman year, I, I quit baseball to focus on basketball, and everybody's like, "You're crazy, <laughs> you know? If you have, a, you're okay at basketball, but like, if you have a future anywhere, it's baseball." And so it, it kind of got in my head that next year where I was uh, a couple scouts started coming around. My, I think my sophomore year in high school and uh, just seeing the actual uh, tangible scouts having conversations with you kind of went, you know, because it was so different then there was no social media. There was no rankings. We weren't traveling around everywhere playing. We we're just playing our little league at home. And so when I saw them showing up in high school and, and some guys with some, um, some experience started saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is the real deal. And they start asking these questions. I think that, to your your term switch kind of flip. And I go, okay, this is more than just fun. And it's fun to go to the beach in the summer, but you better start working a little harder and separating yourself and and doing some things that are going to help kind of take this this gift and and actually give you this opportunity. So I think I would say probably sophomore year is when I really went. I did write a note to my parents when I was young and they still have it that said, I, Brandon Puffer, will be a major league baseball player. Therefore, I do not need to do my homework. (laughs) And... I signed it. I said, actually, I said barring injury. And so obviously that's not my message to young kids. But it was just that belief of like, you know, I have, we talked about it, right? I have great parents. They encouraged it. Not the not doing the homework. Like you are going to do it. But the follow your dream and we believe in you was always there.
0: Well, listen, if you have a picture of that letter, I would love to put that up here. Because okay. everybody writes letters when they're little. Most yeah. of them get thrown away. But for your parents to preserve that definitely send it. it to me I'd love to post that up here yeah.
1: I'll do it I'll do it my dad found it one day and sent us a picture we're like oh there it is
0: It's <laughs> yeah. so great that you knew and and you know oftentimes when you when you want to reach because to me major league baseball professional football basketball you know any of the sports any of the athletics but also in in business and in 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 performing arts it, you know when, if you want to be at the highest level there's a tremendous commitment that you have to give And like you said, do I want to hang out at the beach or do I want to go to camps and work hard and keep going? When I know you're a Leaf pitcher. When did your arm finally start to click in and and realize, okay, I'm going to be a pitcher?
1: Yeah, so I had a strong arm growing up. You know, I like to play other positions and do that sort of thing like everybody does and um, played some quarterback in football and that type of thing. So, you know, it showed some, some promise with just kind of having a strong arm there. And then I would say... Senior year of high school, when I got drafted, is when they kind of said, hey, we're, you know, I hit okay in high school, did like most guys do. I mean, most of the guys that you see now that are pitchers were probably pretty decent hitters and stuff on their high school team. And they kind of made that decision for me. Like, hey, we, we think you're a pitcher. And I said, yeah, whatever. Whatever you guys think, you drafted me. So uh, the Twins took me on as a pitcher. And then, you know, early on, 18 and you're in rookie ball, you and your buddies still brag about what a good hitter you were and yada, yada. And then slowly it just kind of dissipates to where you're like, okay, oh, you're a pitcher now. Nobody cares if you get hit in high school. So uh, just focus on that. And so, uh, yeah, really just once pro ball. Um, happened and I got drafted in, in that role is when I really just embraced that and and decided. And, and I ended up loving it. And to your point, being a reliever, uh, I loved everything about that. I don't know what it was just having a chance to maybe pitch every couple of days. And everyone always said, Do you want to be a starting pitcher? I said, Well, my, I don't think my stuff was good enough. That's why I was a reliever, but I embraced that role and really loved the whole bullpen atmosphere. I really did. Well, to, to me, it's you know, being able,
0: you know, I was a huge fan of Mariano Rivera, yeah, okay. know, to, to be able to just walk out of the bullpen. And, and be the guy that the team and the fans and everybody's relying on yeah. to save this game, whether you're a closer, you're a middle reliever. Were you, were you more of a
1: middle or a closer? Yeah, so it, especially in my my short big league time, I was always just middle reliever. Uh, I got to be a closer in the minor league some um, just because, you know, that, that I was able to do that role in the minors. And then when I go to, you know, up, I just kind of middle reliever, bridge the gap type deal. The closing role is what I loved. I embraced it. Like I said, my stuff never really was good enough to do it at the big league level, but it was really fun doing it in the minor leagues. I really loved that role. What did you love? What did
0: you love about the minor leagues that you couldn't really experience in the majors?
1: Oh, gosh, so much. Honestly, I, I, the older I get, the more honest I get, um, because I I really try, you know, you try to put on that front of like, oh, I was confident. And I'm better than everybody. You know, you have to have that mindset when you're playing between the lines. And so that carries over off. But I never felt relaxed in the big leagues, which is probably why I didn't last very long. Um, I would face the same hitters I had faced in minor leagues and AAA. Bigger stadium, bigger lights, another deck on the stadium. Same guys. I different. I would do it different. I would try to be too fine. And I would, uh, for lack of a better term, pitch a little bit scared, honestly. And I'd go back to minor leagues as a closer and just get into my mindset and just go at it. And it was the same stuff. I had the same, same stuff, same guy. Just different environment or atmosphere. So, granted, great memories, you know, playing with some Hall of Fame. All those things are awesome. But in the minor leagues, I felt like we were all together. We were all just kind of like – it was about us. It was about the team. Yes, we're all trying to get to the big leagues and in some way we're kind of competing. But at the end of the day, we all were in the same boat. We we weren't making money. We weren't traveling lavishly. We weren't doing all these things. So we all just kind of like built these great relationships. I still talk to some of my buddies from my first rookie ball team in 1994 because we were fish out of water trying to figure life out. And we made some great connections. And once you get to the big leagues, you do make great friendships but it's about a lot more than, than that. It's, you've got to be really focused and there's a lot of pressure and um, some guys handle it really well. But for me, I just felt like I could relax more. And I, the first time I got sent from the big leagues back to AAA and actually exhale and took a breath and was almost relieved was the time I was going, Oh, you need to check your mindset here. Cause this is where you want to be. And you've always dreamed about it. You shouldn't be relieved, but just being honest and transparent. That's how I felt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's, The pressure, because you hear a lot of the, a lot of athletes talk about it in all the sports, the pressure of going to, you know, whether you're playing college ball, you're playing AAA, and then you're stepping up. And like you said, it's another tier, it's a lot more fans, but I feel like when you internalize it, and not that I've ever come any close to that, but I, I feel like I know how I would be. I would internalize that and be like, now I have to perform better than I ever have before. Absolutely. I have to pick
1: it up a notch. Right. Did you feel that? Absolutely. No, you nailed it. That's exactly what it was. And, and and guys would give great advice, you know, veterans, Hey, do what got you here. That's why you're here. Cause you belong here and you're going to, and, and you know, yeah, you want to believe that. But then to your point, you kind of internalize like I, I got to be better and you have a good outing. And it's like, I got to work harder to have another good one. You have one bad one and you feel like, Oh no, I just let down so many people and you're scrambling and it's just this mental Anguish of like, and I had buddies that at least they didn't show it. I mean, they good, bad, just even keel, great mentality, which is really what you do need to have. And it doesn't mean you're not competitive and you don't care. It just means hey, you gotta have a short memory in this thing. You're gonna fail, and and they all do. And then you gotta come back and and learn from that, and then just make adjustments. But I, I I just like you said, I did internalize like that. We mentioned my dad just being a huge factor in my baseball life. I remember sitting in the living room watching the Dodgers because we were in Orange County. He grew up in L.A., so we're big Dodger fans. And a guy messing up um, and him just being so upset with the guy or the team. And I'm like, I would sit there and do something, whatever city I was in. I'm like, I'm letting the whole fan base down. Like, I came in and blew this game. And you can't put that on yourself. And so I try to learn all that, excuse me, learn from all that and kind of pass that down to the guys I coach now. Because, you know, they're high schoolers trying to go play college. Some of them have been drafted, and they lean on me for advice. I'm like, hey, here's where I did it pretty good. Here's what I didn't. Here's some things that you need to work on. So, um, they were all good lessons and all being used. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a
0: meant, there's such so much of a mental part of it and a spiritual yeah. part of it. And, and yeah, it, I, it, it, if you're not being mentored and you don't have either the veterans or you don't have someone like yourself now, coach yeah. Puff, yeah. that that's, that's there to help you through that. I mean, it can just destroy you
1: internally. Absolutely. It absolutely can. And you couple that with, um, you know, some anxiety issues and some addiction issues that that chased me through my life and all these different things. And now, like you said, I mean, everything's there and and you're trying to handle it the best you can. But you're always so anxious because of this career. And to be be honest, too, it's very selfish. I mean, you're always just self-absorbed with. You know your outing, your pre- preparation, your everything you're doing, and so you have family and friends and people that rely on you that are kind of for them. Again, the way I handle, it. I think some guys balance it way better than others, uh, are kind of at the wayside because you're so focused on your dream, you know. And so it becomes a pretty selfish endeavor. Um, but I mean, I, I don't mean to make it sound like it was all you know awful. It was obviously great and and some awesome memories and and ones we'll cherish forever. But that's that side of it, the mental kind of battle throughout it when you're in when you're in it. So, so you're drafted
0: by the twins and, and I know you've gone, to, you know, you you hit several different, uh, different teams. And I, I, as a Yankee fan, it's hard for me to, you know, state the fact that you were on the Red Sox, <laughs> yeah. the year they won the world series, Yes, but, but all through that, how did you, how were you handling that? And, you know, cause obviously to me, I, I look at some of these guys that they're either sent back down or they're traded and, again, that's, it takes an emotional toll. It does. Yeah. It feels a little bit like failure. I would think Sure. Yeah. And okay, that's how I would internalize it.
1: Absolutely. No, I mean, it is, I mean, before I ever made it to a big league roster that was with the Astros in 2002, I was released by four clubs. So, I mean, what release is just a nice way of saying fired. Like they said, you're not going to make it to the Bailey's with us. You're not good enough. I mean, really? That's what they're saying. And, and you're not, We don't have any use for you, you know, type deal. And so, yes, the first time that happened, it was two years after I was drafted by the Twins, I got released. I didn't know anything about this, Flavio. I I didn't even know. I "I guess that's it. I mean, it's over. I don't know. They said I'm not good enough. And I had, again, a scout, a mentor in the area who said, well, there's 29 other teams out there. And again, no, no internet, no social media. I'm like, what do I do? He's like, here's a list of my league directors. Um, You call them. And so one by one, I just called them and said, hey, I'll come throw a bullpen for you. I still want to play. I still believe I can do this. The angels picked me up. And my mom to this day will be like, that was the first time I ever saw you really hyper focused on something and go get it. You know, I was like, no, I'm not done. I'm doing it. So that was a great lesson. And like, okay, well, the angels eventually released me. Same story. Reds, you know, Rockies. And you just have to have just such a, I guess, Uh, maybe a stubbornness, but such a uh, mindset of like, I will not stop until they rip the uniform off me and every last team says, no, you're not good enough. Now, uh, I made some adjustments to my arm angle that helped. I made some adjustments in my lifestyle that helped me actually make it eventually. But what I try to encourage people now is if it's truly your dream and it's all you've ever wanted to do, it's kind of a war of attrition. If you stay healthy and you need some luck and all that, obviously, uh, injuries can derail it. But you just have to hang around long enough, and then eventually it's like, okay, now you get your opportunity. So just being per- just persevering was the biggest thing, I think. So here we are. You you come out with a
0: book, yeah. from the bullpen to the state pen. So obviously something happened. Yes. Between then and now, when when did it start to take a turn?
1: The turn for the like negative turn.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay,
1: gotcha. Um, so now we started making that veering off to the state pen. Yeah, 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 gotcha. So honestly, that had always been the norm for me. Um, right out of high school, in high school, um, just like I said, my dad, uh, God bless him, he's sober 30 plus years now, but he, he, he had a rough one. He was... He had addiction issues and he had some some anger stuff and all that. So, But he was my hero. He was my idol. And, and I really wanted to be with him, so, uh, excuse me, be like him. And so I did. I gravitated towards kind of his characteristics and not the Mother Teresa angel who's going, wait a minute, I've got the answers for you. You don't have to do this. And I'm going, yeah, right. You don't know. Me and dad got it's this. Crossroad. It's like you could go oh. this or you can go towards that. Man. And here she is watching it. Saw my dad go through it. Now, here I go. I'm going to make the same choices. So I did. And um, I'm just going to kind of weave it. So from 94, when I got drafted to 98, I was out on the road, just not glorifying anything here, but just living the baseball life, you know, partying with the guys, doing all that. And then in 1998, I came home and I went to my mom's church, uh, Saddleback Church in California for like a young adult group. My brother and I had got she made sure we went. Like, you're going. You don't have to, but whatever. I mean, whatever you do after is up to you, but you're going. And so we went. And at this particular time, you know, just got a hold of me. I gave my life to Christ. Um, uh, the spirit led me through a song. And I just, I, I, was just like, wow, this is I feel this is real now. I get this. So change my put life. That in now. you felt that. I felt it. I felt it. There was no question about it. I was like, okay, hey, this is what I've been hearing about. This is it. And you know, I I I got sober. I changed my life. I did all these things that, you know, Christians are supposed to do. And I didn't surrender my life, but I was like, okay, now I'm going to charge ahead in my career. and I'm not drinking and I'm not doing this and I'm not hanging out with these people. And so I did. And my career took off. I mean, I was sober. I was working out hard. I was getting rest. And you know, my career really started taking off and that's when I got the opportunity in the big leagues. And then in 2004, had five years of sobriety was married by this time had children was in a little bit of a toxic marriage, but, you know, all of us have been through stuff. And I just, I got separated from my wife at the time in 04. And it was the first time in my life, had a major life uh, circumstance in my faith was tested. And what I found out is it was pretty surface level, honestly. It was, uh, the enemy had me out on my own. I always say the enemy, you know, on my own. I'm in Peoria, Arizona, spring training for the Padres. I'm not accountable to my wife back home because we're separated. Not seeing my kids as much as I want to, and and the enemy started playing those games of like, "Hey, you're good, man. It's been five years. You're mature enough. You can have a drink. Why don't you just hang out with the guys, blow off some steam?" And I knew all along. I watched my dad, I watched me. I said, "Man, that's not good for me," but I did it. I compromised. I had a couple beers in the jacuzzi. Nothing happened. Went out with the guys the next night, and I hit that slippery slope really hard in 19, uh, excuse me, 2004. Hit that slippery slope, and you could actually watch my career go right back down the tubes right around then. Uh, Now I'm in the big leagues, I have a little more opportunity, and all these things are just glamorized even more. And it was like, oh, I never got to enjoy this, um, this temporary you know, thing of going out and hanging out and partying with the guys. And it was just, it grabbed a hold of me. And it was back in my life. And and it was awful. And then we reunited. We tried to work it out. Um, but I had let those strongholds back in my life. And so I would go out, not really tell anyone, yada, yada. And then fast forward to 2008. Um, I went to Frisco, Texas, double A with the Rangers. They offered me the coolest gig. Have you seen Bull Durham? Oh yeah, I was. The, oh, you're I telling was... me all about your minor leagues. All I'm thinking is Bull Durham. Okay, okay. So it gets even better Bull Durham wise because I'm. The, they call me up and they're like, "Hey, we've got a gig for you, kind of close to the house. It's double A. I'm like 30. Uh, I had a little big league time, and I was Crash Davis. They're like, "You're gonna go, kind of mentor these youngsters. It's like Elvis Andrews, Chris Davis, Derek Holland. Uh, man, a lot of really good young prospects on that Rangers double A team, and I loved it. I went. I still got to pitch. I mean, I am still doing my thing, maybe in my mind, I'm like, yeah, a couple good outings, I'm back up there. They kind of knew they're like, Yeah, you just when you're ready to coach, let's go ahead and transition. Um, and so I'm doing that, and they're always asking me these. I'm the chapel leader of the team. Um, all these things. And one of my biggest downfalls, Flavio, was I didn't want to admit to them that I had problems. They looked up to me, I was there to be a mentor. And instead of just being honest, I just acted like I had it all going on and I didn't I was struggling off the field Um, in my downtime I was making poor choices I wouldn't go out with them I said no, no no guys I don't do that you know that's not I'm a Christian we don't do that and then I'd go do it on my own we're here a couple yeah. times double life just hypocrite just doing all that dance that we'll catch up with you as, as we know and so um, fast forward to the end of that season I did that two seasons I did that 2007 and 08 loved it they're grooming me to be kind of like a bullpen coach, which was also one of my dreams after I played. And um, 2008, I always tell the story this way. You've probably heard it. Um, it's about dates. September 13, 2008 was like every other day in my 15-year career. No different. I drove in. I'm a routine guy. Pick up my lunch. Go play some cards. Get my work in. But I decided that day that I was going to go out with the guys. And, I, and we were about to go home. And I told them, I said, guys, you know, they'd asked me several times, you know, what's one night, Puff? Come on. One night, and I say this to kids a lot now. I'm like, what's one night, right, guys? I mean, it's, it's one night. I'm just going to go hang out with my buddies. Well, September 14th, that next day, I woke up in an orange jumpsuit. Uh, I was in jail, obviously. I didn't remember much of the night, which is unfortunate and, and does not negate any responsibility on my part, but um, I had overserved and made a huge mistake. And so at the time, I still thought this was going to be like a little slap on the wrist. You kind of did, you know, that was stupid, but yeah, I mean, You know, everything's going to be fine. I I went to the the field the next day, pitched in a championship game. I just kind of like tunneled this. Okay, we'll be home in a week. We'll deal with this, right? Um, Well, it did not go away. It was very serious. And I ended up getting a five year sentence and in Texas Department of Criminal Justice for that. And there was a D.A. that was involved and said, you know what, we're not going to have some athlete come in our place and do this. And and by the way, I share very openly and honestly about what happened. I just always respect like the guests and who's listening. So happy to be as transparent as as we need to be. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially what happened is um, prior to that season, the season before my family and I lived in an apartment. And there was a young lady that we babysat her daughter. We were friends. She'd always had people over, always had parties. And because I had drank so much that night, you know, fast forwarding the next year, my buddies said, hey, you're going to come stay with us. And they stayed in that apartment complex, same complex. You know, the team had to deal with them and all that. And I just kept telling a lot of this comes from them. And a side note is I, I pitched on Adderall. And so my motor just kept going. It just would not wow. shut off. Yeah. And they were like, Puff, just go to bed. It's 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, whatever it is, just go to bed. I'm like, no, you know, this is my one night. We're all blowing it out. We're going to have fun. And this is this was what I was like before. So here it came back. And um, I went and knocked on her door. And they said, you just kept saying you're going to go check and see if your friend has a party. Um, obviously, she wasn't. It was 2.30, 3 in the morning. Um, I opened the door. It was unlocked, which my attorney always said, why wasn't it just locked? I'm like, that's not anyone's fault. I walked in. And I walked in, and I tried to get in bed with her. And it's the most embarrassing. It's just, ugh. and she was frightened, obviously, and jumped and screamed, which is what I remember. And I ran out. Thank God nothing happened. Didn't do anything. Ran out. But I got burglary of a habitation because you walked in where you were not invited uh, with intent to commit a sexual assault because why are you there at that time? What, 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 give us something. Hey, tell us you were having an affair. Tell us. No, I just, it was just stupidity. I just walked over there and did that. And so, just an awful deal. But yeah, so I ended up getting that five year sentence, what I I was facing five to 99 years, um, which was I read those headlines. And I'm like, what in the world? So one night, you know, again, not that i never made poor that's, that's all it is. Yeah. So, yeah, after all that, I went and, and did my time. Um, I did about almost four years on it in prison. And so that's where I found the peace and joy, though, that I never found on the mound never found a world series ring or a first big league win or whatever these things may be. Those were cool. Those are, I was, I was excited to do that, but that peace and joy that surpasses all understanding that your circumstances can't change. I mean, you can do anything to me, You can stick me in the cell. You can strip me of everything, which they do. Um, I can have joy. I can have peace. And I carried that through my whole sentence, was able to encourage some people. And I had hard days, of course, like everybody else and saw things that you wouldn't want to go through. But um, I took it as I'm going to be a light in this place. And, um, and I did, I, I feel like I did. And I've got some good um, responses and and kind of things of that nature that, that helped me understand that. Like I'll give me those little glimpses of like a guy reaches out to me now or something. I'm like, Oh, so cool. And then I've just been trying to do the same ever since. When I got out, I started over from scratch, um, 100%. Everything I'd ever made in my career was was, uh, pretty much spent towards either trying to stay out of that place or uh, my responsibilities while I was there. So I walked out with a, uh, sometimes I have it right by me. We moved. I have an onion sack. It's like a little red sack. And that's all I had. I walked out. My parents picked me up. I had a Bible, some hygiene, and the clothes they gave me to walk out. And that was it. And I was like man, I can't wait to see what's going on. Took a real humble job to begin and just kind of watched God redeem everything in my life. I mean, everything. And it's just been amazing, that part of the story and journey. And we still face trials and this thing still, you know, hangs over my head. And as recently as, you know, a couple days ago, we went through a trial surrounding it and, you know, we just encourage each other and go, yeah, it's just, it was a long time ago and it's not going to ever go away, or at least for now it's not. But you just keep doing the right thing and you just keep trying to encourage people. And it's it's what you do with that lesson, like what you do with that experience. Cause again,
0: you, you can hit those crossroads and say, you yeah. know, yeah, I'm coming through this. I, I can either go down this dark route yeah. or I can go down the light route. Yes. And I, I love that that you've made that choice. And yeah. uh and tell me about all right, Coach Coachpuff dot com. Tell me about your coaching. I know you're a motivational speaker, and and I'm gonna do everything I can to get you up here in New Jersey, and and speak around the churches because you really are an inspiration. So, a little bit of
1: I'd be honored to do that. That if that pops up and we're called to do that, we'll do it. Um, Yeah, so um, GPS Legends Baseball is my my nonprofit. And I have a youth and high school baseball program now where I mentor youngsters and get to help kind of in the recruiting process once they're in high school, try to find that right college fit. You know, like I said, we've had a few guys drafted. So, you know, some pretty high-level players that are going through some stuff that not just me, we have some awesome coaches and men and mentors that pour into these young men. Um, a lot of them have, you know, big experience, and and they're just great men. But um, at the end of the day, we uh, – I started it with a guy named Brian Gordon. He pitched one day in the pinstripes, by the way. And he? he'd never tell you that. Yeah. Oh, man, he's so awesome. He played 18 years of pro ball, 10 as an outfielder. And then all of a sudden said, I think I want to, remember I was telling you in high school, we were all good at both. Well, he's like, yeah, I used to pitch. And we're like, that was a long time ago. And he uh, he made the conversion and pitched for the Yankees after all that time as an outfielder. It was so cool. But him and I started this nonprofit. Now we got several people involved that just, again, it's just coaches that mentor kids. And so um, all that kind of morphed into um, Coach Puff Positive, which is my – just my own Twitter, my own site around the book and all that. Of just sharing my stories and trying to encourage others and, and that kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, I mean that, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like, uh, you know, in the summer I'm super busy coaching. So I just kind of coach Puff positive stuff takes a little bit of a backseat and I just try to encourage wherever I am and then fall rolls around and we start doing some more podcasts and, and speaking a little bit here and there and just sharing wherever. And, uh, but yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm coach Puff. Positive.com is my website. And so that kind of leads you to all the other stuff. I think on Twitter, I'm Coach Puff Positive T I V. There's no E. I don't think it could fit or something. So that type of thing. But yeah, that's that's uh that's that's what we do. I met, I met my my wife that you met, it was just so awesome. She just encouraged me to get all this going and and just you need to you need to do another Twitter just for you. Cause I have one through our program to to um get exposure for our, our kids playing and all that. Um, uh, but I so I did my own, the Coach Puff positive one, and, and she was like, what should we call it? And she's like, we well, love to coach. You love, you're positive. You love to encourage people. Coach by positive. So I was like, all right, <laughs> we'll go with it. So that's what we're doing now, and it's it's awesome. Every day there's an opportunity to, whether it's a smile or a kind word or something. And and uh, selfishly, Flavia, when I give it away, it makes me feel better. You know, I go through a lot of hard things with this, a lot of mind tricks, and a lot of who's judging me, who's watching, who. So I just try to get ahead of it and just take that power away and just continue to be positive and encourage them. And, exactly. um, and we I, have and found that it. to work. I love a lot of your posts. I
0: encourage people, listen, find Coach Pub Positive, find them on Instagram, find them on Facebook, find them on Twitter. And and GPS Legend, is there a website for that? There is, yeah.
1: It's uh, gpslegends.com. Legends. Legends, GPS Legends, yes. Right. So
0: I'll put that right on the bottom here. So cool. you know, people That's have... Awesome have kids that that are going through this that yeah. are getting to the level because, you know, you know it. You've lived through it. There are so many pitfalls. And if you've watched Full oh. Durham, you know that there are a lot of pitfalls and yes. things that can happen that it's so easy. You don't even notice okay. it's happening. All of a sudden, you're just in it and yeah. you are sucked into it.
1: Well, yeah, it's a great point, Flavio. And I always say, I put it this way. Like, if you came up to me and said, hey, Pop, here's the deal. You're gonna go out with these guys and have a good time, but then you're gonna lose your career, your family, your finances, your house. You you wanna go? You'd be like, Are you crazy? (laughs) But that's not how it happens. It's that (laughs) slow face that no, you're good, you got this, and then wham, pulls the rug out from under you. So great point. Yeah, you don't you don't always see it coming. So if guys have been down the road and can go, hey, you don't need to go down this road. Here I'm seeing some of those signs. I remember it not feeling like a big deal at that time until it is and well and the then way.
0: and then you know even I'm sure it happens when you know you're you're coaching youngsters and they're in their mind it's like it's not going to happen to me it's oh, yes. I have more control over myself absolutely and sure enough you get you get sucked right into it so I really appreciate that that you're out there and you're talking to people and that you are an inspiration not only for for young people and and you know athletes that are just starting out but also for for anybody that's gone through, this type of addiction uh and and for some people it doesn't they don't end up in jail you know they they may not even get to the bottom yet right for you to be able to say listen you don't need to get to the bottom you don't need to find that spot you know take 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 hold of that now and start yeah Yeah. and 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 i think you're you're a great inspiration and your story is uh is, is 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 tremendous i mean you know we, we tend to hold athletes and performers at a, you know, way up here and yeah. you don't realize they're just like us. Like absolutely. we're, we're the same. We're, yeah, we're humans. We're God's people. Yes. And it's what you do with it. You know? Yeah. So again, I encourage you guys coach puff, pause, P U F F positive.com. Find them on Instagram, find them on Facebook, find them on, uh, on Twitter And, and definitely go out from the bullpen to the state pen uh, available on Amazon, right? Yes, sir. So find the book there. We're going to try to schedule uh, some book signings. So hopefully if we can, if we can get some, some churches to have them come in and and talk to the congregations and talk to the people, schools in the area, especially high schools, because the transition from high school to college is, is overwhelming. I mean, yeah for most people and, and let alone when you have, when you're, when you want to be in, involved in athletics uh, it's, you know, you're, you're up against the best of the best now in college.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like you said, the mental side, the the checkup from the neck up becomes everything at that point.
0: Oh, yeah. neck up. I like
1: that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I need them daily, but I also like helping others with them, but it's, uh, and if you carry some of those issues or addictions from high school or childhood or, you know, traumas and all that and you carry it into also in college where it's just a bigger you know I just think back to what I shared with you when I went to rookie ball I graduated high school in California the next day flew out to Florida for my first season now I'm in an apartment four guys were pro ball players. I mean we're just rookie ballers but to us it's like we've made it and we just I mean I carried all that with me and I just wasn't ready you know and then uh, many of these other young men aren't ready and so how do you deal with that and how do you how do you um, work through that and make sure it doesn't it doesn't kind of suck you up and and end all your dreams, you know. Like in, in a sense, temporarily, like it did for me. So um, I just enjoy being being in that situation where God puts people in my path to encourage them. And and like I said, if if it's one, great. If it's if it's multiple people, even better. It's
0: it's from the bullpen to the state pen. I, I encourage you guys to get the book, and and make sure that you follow Brandon on on a lot of what he's doing. And hopefully, we can get him up here so that we can we can not only do a book signing but you can hear him speak uh in our area so brandon thank you so much and 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 thank you to your your lovely wife she was very very kind and instrumental in putting this together so i really appreciate it oh,
1: she's I, I hit the lottery again flavia with when it comes to women, cuz a she's amazing at that. And as you saw earlier, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to turn on this computer without her. So <laughs> I love you, man. I love my mom. I love my support system. And, and I'm just very grateful that she had me on to share my story. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Don't go away. I'm going to sign off and then, uh, okay. and then we'll chat. So okay. listen, I, I encourage all you guys to, uh, you know, pick up the book, read through the book, bring the book because we're going to have book signings up in the area and, uh, and and definitely follow him because it's words of inspiration and it's it's one thing when you hear people talking about things and trying to encourage you to do things, but I've never really gone through what what Brandon has gone through. So uh, I I really appreciate him in being so candid, and so open with everybody. And I encourage you guys to support support his book sale and support uh, support his website and and just you know get, send him a word of encouragement as well.
1: I could use it. Thank you for that.
0: All right. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. I uh, see. Well, everybody.